This is the Law Started Communication, hosted by Molly and Trisha. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Law Started Communication podcast. Today, we are joined by Lindsay Wright, founder of the Boss Ladies blog. Welcome, Lindsay. Hey, Trisha. Hey, Molly. How are y'all doing? Doing well. Doing okay. Yeah. How are you? I am doing amazing. I'm uh, really excited to be talking with y'all today about communication and uh, different things going on with the blog and appreciate you having me on. Of course. Appreciate you being here. So why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and your platform and what gave you inspiration for the Boss Ladies blog? Absolutely. So yeah, so my name is Lindsay Wright. I am a proud member of the LGBTQ plus community. Um, I am also a MBA graduate from the University of Florida. So shout out to the Gators. <laughs> and um, it was really the beginning of this year, beginning of 2020, before things got you know totally insane. But uh, I, I had just I had just come out of a out of a marriage, was going through a divorce. And I got a life and career coach, just this amazing driving force of a woman. And I've, I've always loved writing, but I just never, never took the plunge, really. Um, so I started working with this coach. Her name is Laura. And she really inspired me. She's like, you know what? If you, if you need an outlet, like write. Just, just get out there. Write your thoughts, your feelings. Do whatever it is you do best. And um, yeah, I've, I've written silly short stories since I was a kid, always loved it, gone into it off and on, uh, but really stuck with this blog. And I think I, I, I love it so much because I am able to connect with a lot of people and women world, worldwide, honestly. Uh, so I originally started out where I was targeting pretty much any woman, anywhere. And I was like, yes, this is what we're going to do. This is going to be great idea, Lens. Sure. So, and as much as I would love to be able to uh, communicate and help each and every woman out there or non-binary folk, I don't think that I can. And not for lack of trying and not for lack of caring, um, but that's just, I haven't lived all those experiences. So I originally had reached out to any lady that considered them a boss, themselves a boss. So whether they were a mom, whether they were an athlete or in business, whatever it was, um, I wanted to communicate with them and help them almost like a guidebook of sorts of like, hey, I don't know if you're going through X, but I've been through X and this is what I did. Maybe this will kind of help you. Um, and I found really that my niche was with LGBTQ women and non-binary folk. And that was also a market that I was in, right? Like that's that's who I am. And so I can actively speak to experiences that I've had without guessing or projecting or, and, and I'm not the, I'm not the LGBT voice of, of all humanity. Right. So I, I acknowledge that. Um, but, uh, I do feel very fortunate that I get to speak with a lot of really amazing LGBTQ plus women and allies. Uh, and I'm, I'm very fortunate that I have the fan base that I do and that they are listening to what I'm saying. They're asking for more. And I, I, I feel very, very fortunate. We've loved reading some of the articles. I went on there a couple of weeks ago because we were actually interviewed on there too. And so once that happened, I was like, oh, I want to check it out more. And there are a lot of really good 
personal accounts and stories from other women and non-binary as well. And it's just so nice to give a platform, I think. Like as a blog, you're giving a platform to other people and letting them talk. And I think that's just such a cool avenue. Like it's both for the listener and the, or the, I guess, guest on your blog and for you to have an outlet and connect with other women and non-binary folk too. What has it done for you having a blog? Like I know it got manifested at the beginning, but how has having a blog helped you become a better communicator or discover yourself more? Absolutely. So having a blog has taught me a lot about life and about communication for sure. Um, So specifically about communication, um, it's taught me to really be present in what I'm saying. So I, I know today I'm, I'm guilty of it myself using some ums and some so's and, and those, those filler pieces, but it's very important to take that step back and think, what am I trying to say and say it clearly and succinctly. And I think that by writing this blog, I've been able to catch myself more of, it doesn't make sense. A lot of times like train, train of thought, in writing. You have to think, you have to put it together, you have to piece it. It has to make sense. And so taking out those ums, those so's or wells or you knows, uh, still guilty of it, like I said, but uh, I definitely, definitely have gotten a lot better in terms of communication and being much more clear, succinct, and direct in what I want to say. Still adding in my, my I'm, I'm a goofball, I'm a funny individual, I think, anyways. And, yes, uh, so, <laughs> so adding in my little bit of humor, but in a way that makes sense, in a way that conveys my message and what I'm trying to say. Uh, so I guess in a succinct way, like I said. Um, in terms of what have I, I guess, learned, just I, I mentioned life, and obviously that's very broad, but I think two of the things that I've really learned are to be courageous and go for it. Uh, I would combine that as one. So no one's going to just hand you your future. And in fact, many people, many women might discourage you or dissuade you from, from doing something you want to go after uh, for, for multiple reasons. But whatever it is that you want to do, just do it. And that's, that's what I've seen these women do and these non-binary folk on my page, whether LGBT, ally, whatever it may be. Um, they've all done something in their life, something that some person might say, oh, that's small, that's nothing. But to them, it's huge. And to me, it's huge because they didn't have to do that. They didn't know they could do that. And then actually they did it and they were really, really, really good at it. Um, so just seeing that growth is something that I, I can't even explain. Uh, I mentioned being very fortunate earlier. And, and I think that's something I got to go back to is, is being fortunate to talk to these individuals who are courageous and who go for it and inspire me to do the same. Uh, the second thing would be being innovative. So it, it kind of ties in right with going for it and things like that. But uh, you're the only you as cheesy as that sounds. And you got to think outside the box. Like, how are you going to bring your unique personality style, uh, both physically in terms of and in terms of speaking presence, whatever it may be, how are you going to bring you to the table and, and getting creative with it? So how do you stand out in a room full of people that maybe look like you or maybe don't and how, how do you shine and, and what do you do to get there? Really appreciating everything that you're saying and talking about this journey. A few things I want to touch on. One, you said how sometimes 
women or anyone can perceive this act as being quote unquote small, when in fact for them, it was a really big deal. And I think that's a really important point to just bring up and say, any act of vulnerability, no matter how small it feels, is a step in the right direction because it's those tiny steps of, okay, I'm going to do this one thing today. I'm going to make this one blog post. I'm going to do this one interview or I'm going to make this Facebook post or whatever it is that makes you feel uncomfortable. Every little step you do like that gets you closer to where you want to be. So I love that you pointed that out. The other thing that I found very interesting particularly because, and I think Molly knows where I'm going with this, my job is a speech coach. So eliminating filler words is my bread and butter. That's what I teach people to do all day, every day. And I thought it was fascinating that you brought that up because we were talking about your platform as a blog. And so I wasn't expecting you to start talking about your speaking skills since the blog medium is writing, but it made me think about the fact that for your blog in particular, you are interviewing people. And I think interviewing really helps a person develop their communication skills because to be a good interviewer, you have to be a good listener. You can't be thinking of what am I going to say next? You have to pick up on what they've been saying. And so I just wanted to point out that that was a different angle than I was expecting, but I really appreciated that. Absolutely. And I, I think if I can jump in, um, there I go with the ums, but <laughs> uh, I think it's, it's, it's really interesting. And, and I, I like that you pointed that out because with writing, you are able to stop and think, okay, is this what I want to say? Or is this what I want to say? And craft that message more. But really what I try to do is when I'm interviewing listening, like you were saying, listening to my guests, listening to what they're saying, and then transcribing, whether it's verbatim or whether it's um, just, you know, similar to what they said and, and kind of quoting them or whatever. But, but it is, it's absolutely about listening and taking out those filler words, whether they said them or whether I added them in and just making it more concise and taking that writing piece, that skill that I'm learning doing that writing wise. And like you said, applying it to my everyday communication verbally. So that's, that's really been a big, a big help for me for sure. And I like your blog too, Lindsay, because when I was looking at it afterwards, I was expecting a transcript form. I was expecting, you know, to see exactly what someone said first and then your response. But what I liked about it is you take the essence of the overall message and put it into a blog piece and then throw in some quotes in there too, which mm -hmm. is such an interesting way that I think we could all benefit from thinking too. Like, I think a lot of us in conversations can get really stuck on one thing someone said, or even one thing that we do and our mind will spiral and get stuck on that. And then we lose sight of the whole overall message that the communicator and the person you're communicating with are trying to send and receive. And I, I like that what you're doing in the blog is basically a good model for what we should be doing in in-person communication too. Yeah. And well, to go off, to go off that, what I thought was interesting as well was, when Lindsay interviewed us. So Lindsay interviewed Molly and myself and did a blog post. And I don't think you, Lindsay, were expecting that the title of the blog post would be comparisons. 
went after interviewing us, but that was just something that came up during the interview that obviously resonated with you. And I loved the article that you turned it into, but I think it goes to show the power of listening as well. And that flexibility and adaptability so often, even in our day-to-day conversations, we go into the conversation expecting a certain result or expecting it to go a certain way. And when we go in with those expectations, you're not open to creative possibilities and the other things that might come up. And so if Lindsay had gone into that interview saying, all right, this is going to be a piece about being a better communicator, which essentially it was in a way, but the focus ended up being slightly different. It was more about comparison to one another and how to handle that. But if you've gone in with this narrow view of here's what it's going to be about, you might not have listened to those things or they might not have even come up in the first place. So I just think it's important for everyone to have a more wide angle lens and to not go into conversations expecting a certain outcome, go in with an open mind and be a learner and be curious in that moment. Exactly. Yeah. And I, I joke sometimes, but it's, there's definitely an element of truth to it that I consider myself one of the, one of the biggest extroverts because I go into I'd like to think anyways, almost every conversation like that, like I don't, I don't say, okay, I'm going to talk to Molly and Trisha. We're going to talk about communication to your point, right? I go in and we're, we're chatting, we're discussing what's, what drives us, what fuels us. And then that point where you say something and I get goosebumps or I'm like, get, you know, just pumped up, ready to go. I'm like, that is what I'm going to write about. And having that passion and that why behind it and just naturally seeing where it goes is what, to your point, is what fuels, I feel, those uh, those natural and really strong relationships with whoever it is you're talking about, whether it's someone you just met on the side of the street or whether it's, uh, you know, friends you've had since college, whether whatever it is. Like, I think listening, listening to listen and to see where it goes, like, yes, obviously you can have conversations that have a, you know, sometimes you'll need to have uh, pointed conversations of like, this is what I want to discuss, but predominantly when you're just talking and, and for me writing and things like that and interviewing. Yeah, exactly. I want to, I want to hear what fuels that person because, and you can see it, right? Like you can see it on their face. I, a lot of times I'll do um, Skype interviews or zoom interviews and then I'll record it, go back and write it up. Uh, But you you can even hear it in their voice. Even if I wasn't doing zoom, you can hear when someone gets on a topic that they're passionate about because they just literally figuratively, are glowing, right? They're, they're talking about what they love. They're talking about uh, how they go about it and when they go about it and how to be the best at it, whatever it is. And that's, that's what I thrive off of is, is other people's fuel and excitement and getting to the bottom of what does all this really mean? So absolutely. I really, really like that. Cause I think even on our podcast, we'll get those moments. And once we hit those light bulb moments, I know I can sit back more because I know the person we're interviewing can just like talk about it and feel so passionate about it. And then they have this platform that both you and, or you and us, Lindsay are both allowing these people to have this platform. And I think yeah, just getting more people to get to their passion and get to their fire and get that light bulb spark moment is so important. And as communicators, we're kind of doing that for them, right? We're the people to foster that environment, to let them have that opportunity to do that. Not just on the podcast or blog, but like you said, people on the street, people, you know, six feet away. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> 
<laughs> I'm curious, Lindsay, based on the people that you've interviewed and the boss ladies you've met, what advice would you give someone who is struggling to find that thing that makes them light up? And I don't know if there's a pattern that you've found and guests that you've had that have, you know, stumbled on these things or maybe people knew from a young age. So just curious if you have any thoughts or insights of maybe someone's listening to this, like, I want to take the plunge, but I don't know exactly what to plunge into. Yeah, definitely. Um, so I did write an article that I would recommend your listeners read. It's called Defining Your Non-Negotiables. And I think it's so applicable to, I mean, anything, almost anything in life. And yes, maybe I'm biased, but I think it's, <laughs> it's very applicable to both relationships, personal, professional. It's applicable to careers. Uh, it's applicable to dreams, goals, aspirations, whatever it is. And, and kind of what the article goes into is literally sit down, grab a pen and paper. And, you know, that's. I, I suggest taking a pen and paper. Yes, if you're more of a computer person, cool. But I don't know, something about putting pen to paper and like writing it down makes me sound kind of old, but here we are. <laughs> um, and so literally just write down what are your non-negotiables in this, let's say it's, say it's a career. We'll just pick career, for instance. So like, what what will I not let go of? And that's not that you're being picky. That's not that you're being uh, un... Not, not, that you're not being flexible or anything like that. It's just there are certain things in your career that you want. I know in my career, I want to train, coach, and develop people. I know that I want to help drive sales. I know that I want to build customer engagement. Those are things that are really important to me and that I that are some of my non-negotiables when it comes to a career. So when I, you know, right now I have a fantastic career with a great company. Um, if ever in the future that were, you know, to to change or to grow into maybe another role within that company that would still be something I'd, I'd have to have is, is that those three pieces that I just mentioned. Um, so I'd say define your non-negotiables and that will help you decide what you could plunge into. Yes, we went in down the career path just now, but if you're like, what, what do I have to have out of life? Okay. I, for me, I love traveling. I love, uh, cappuccinos and these are all random, right? But like, how can I work these things in what are my non-negotiables and how do I work them into something that I'm passionate about? I love working with people. I love training, coaching. So uh, what does that mean? What, what does loving cappuccinos, world travel and training people have to do? And I don't know, right? I, I don't know at this moment, but I at least know where I want to go and what that kind of looks like. So it's almost like a map, right? It's like you wouldn't get in your car and just start driving to wherever you would, you would put in the GPS. Okay. I need to take this left and that right. Well, starting to write out those lefts and those rights and those turns and those is going to help you get to your destination and it be a destination that you're proud of and one that you're excited about and one that, um, that inspires you to, to be great pretty much every day. Yeah. There'll be off days. Sure. But like nine out of time, nine out of 10 times, uh, you know, you're up, you're ready to go and you're, you're loving life. Um, so yeah, I think I think that would be that would be what I'd say is, is read that article on defining non-negotiables and apply it every day. I, I think do it do it at least once, and then if you can, do it habitually thereafter, and just just see where you are on that map. So what I really like about that framework, and I haven't read the article, so I definitely will do that after our conversation. But what I like about at least the examples you gave, things like cappuccinos or traveling and helping people, are 
things that you can break down into small, very manageable chunks. So maybe it's not my destination in life is to be able to travel and drink lots of cappuccinos and work with people, but you can start drinking cappuccinos every day. Or maybe that's too much. Maybe you want it once a week. Or you can start taking weekend trips and yeah. make building travel in doesn't mean to be okay I'm going to go on one big trip every five years it's okay this weekend I'm going to go explore somewhere 45 minutes away and so it's building in those things but I think what you said about defining your non-negotiables is really important saying this is this matters to me so why are you going to wait until you have that perfect career to start helping people. You can start helping people every day. You can train people via your blog. You can give friends advice and all these little things. So I like that as a framework to say, start doing small steps towards your goals every single day, because if it's something you love, it's going to fuel you and you don't have to wait to get there, quote unquote. It's not about the destination. It's about the journey, as they say. But yeah, I just like, I've never heard it framed quite the way you just put it. So I think that's really helpful. Yeah, definitely. And um, I think it's, it's kind of come full circle because in the beginning we were talking, more or less in the beginning, we were talking about like women who will do quote unquote little things and it becomes the bigger picture, right? It's just like defining, find your non-negotiables. And I don't know, I feel like there was a, there was a tie in there that, it may be little now, or it may be little to you or to someone else, but keep doing those little things, those little points, because that is what is going to create consistency and consistency is going to build, you know, everything. It's, it's going to build your world. It's going to build your map, your destination, your everything. You, you are the creator. You're literally writing your, you know, speaking to the blog, you're literally writing your future. You are the one ultimately who decides are you going to take this role? Are you going to date this person? Are you going to, uh, you know, spend your spare time writing a blog? Are you going to spend it drinking cappuccinos? Are you going to spend it walking dogs? Are you going to like, what are you going to do that can further your future? And yes, absolutely. There's sometimes you just got to sit down and watch a good, some trashy television. Like mm-hmm. I, I, you know, I, I won't pretend like I haven't done that, but, but ultimately you got to decide what makes sense for you and how are you growing yourself? Um, and I think that is done step by step. So what I took away from what you said on top of all of that was what you actually want, because especially in today's society with social media, like everywhere, and this speaks to what we talked about in the article we did, Lindsay, but knowing exactly what makes you happy and what fires your passion and what your non-negotiables are. Because I think we can look at other people and say, oh, well, they travel all the time. So I should be doing that. So I want to travel all the time. And it's actually sitting down with that pen and paper. Totally agree with you on that pen and paper. But taking it down and really looking inside with yourself, communicating with yourself, seeing how your body and your brain responds to those options and looking at it more from a personal perspective versus like, what is everybody else doing? Because I think right now there is this big push for like, online businesses and social media and stuff but like is that really what you want to do great if it is like obviously both of us wanted to do that but it's not for everybody so find out what's your thing yeah Mm -hmm. definitely and and I think something else that's important and I believe it was Trisha that said it earlier um was that it's it's not necessarily that okay once I'm once I'm this, then I'll be happy. Or once Mm. I get to blah, 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 then I'll be happy. It is the journey. Like, yes, you can absolutely celebrate those small wins, celebrate the big win, be proud of yourself. 
Um, but also celebrate like, okay, today I, I worked out and I'm, you know, training to run a marathon. And so I, I did half a mile and I died for the other half, but I ran that <laughs> half mile, dang it. And it was awesome. Like give yourself credit and enjoy the journey. Enjoy the feeling that you're while you're running, you know, in this scenario, enjoy the feeling of your tennis shoes hitting the pavement of the sweat, like all, all that stuff, you know, just enjoy the moment and enjoy the journey because you can't just keep going like, well, I'll be happy when I'll be happy. You know, if this happens, be happy now. And I don't know, maybe for some, that'll sound kind of cheesy, but I think it's definitely something that has really changed my life. And the blog has helped with is seeing these, these women and non-binary folk taking that plunge, doing the thing that they were like, I can't do this. And then they did it and they owned it. And along the way, had they stopped and said, well, one day when I'm CEO or one day when I'm, you know, the intern at, I don't know, some company, then I'll be happy. Well, what about all the stuff before that? Like, that's the bulk of it, right? And that's what you got to focus on doing step by step and being happy and genuine with it, I, I think would be my advice. So, yeah. So I want to switch gears a little bit and pick up on something that you just mentioned, but obviously, as you mentioned in the beginning, your story is that of a person who identifies with the LGBTQ community. Do you mind sharing a little bit about your experience with that and what advice you give to people who are maybe struggling with that? And then I also want to ask after you go through your story about how people who don't identify with that can help that population as well. Yeah. So I can definitely speak to how, you know, how I identify, which again is, is cisgendered woman, lesbian. Um, and I think that that can be really difficult for some, for some people or, and for good reason, right? Like there's sometimes people are accepting, sometimes people aren't of whatever it is, whether it's sexuality, whether it's gender, whether it's race, whatever it may be. Um, people, a lot of times it can be hit or miss. Right. And so I, I definitely, find it very inspiring when I'm interviewing these women and non-binary folk on my, on my blog, that they're so brave. Um, that's something I've, I've definitely noticed is that it's, it's not an easy life. I've been very fortunate. Uh, for the most part, I haven't received a lot of, you know, uh, verbal assault or it, no, no physical assault, anything like that. Um, but there are people who have, right. And, and talking with them and understanding their journey and their battles is, is, part of why I do this so that I can know, okay, what they've been through and how can we make this better for that next person? It's always very interesting because, um, you know, just out on the street, like I, I do present more masculine. And so, um, I don't know. I, I, I think it's interesting because, you know, sometimes I'll get the, Oh, sir, or the, the ma'am or the, and then, and then there's the people who like look at me and just don't know. And like, I find it like, I, I just smile, like at least, you know, they're, they're trying, I guess. And um, so I, I'm very, like, very flexible with that. And, and I know some people are, some people aren't, but uh, I think it's just like with anything in life, right? Like you gotta just go with, go with the flow, right? Like, I don't, I don't think there's any reason to be like, oh, uh, I'm upset because this person in, in real life thought I was a guy or whatever. Like, I mean, I get it. There's definitely people who have been, um, like misgendered and things like that. And that's definitely, definitely important to be cognizant of. But for me personally, I'm just like, I don't know. Pretty, I, I think I, I consider myself pretty easygoing. So anyways, that was again, one other tangent, but uh, so, something, something that definitely goes with the LGBT community. I, I, I feel. 
I have a point. So I haven't mentioned this on the podcast yet, but Lindsay and I studied abroad together, what, 10 years ago now? A girl, right? It's I don't know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so what I always found interesting, which I loved about you, is that you used how you present on the outside, like how you are feeling that day. I think, at least tell me if I'm wrong now, I, we haven't actually spoken in a while um, for our listeners, but when I was more with you every day, you used a lot of what, like what you wore as your feeling that day. And I loved it so much. Like I could tell what mood you were in or like how you're <laughs> feeling or like what you wanted to do that day based on your outfits Absolutely. or how like you did your hair or like how you came into this space. And I think that's, you know, communication as well, right? Like I could just see you one day be like, Oh, Lindsay's ready to go. <laughs> we're going out. <laughs> we're going out tonight. Yep. Yep. <laughs> Do you remember that outfit? I loved it. Um, but <laughs> I think that's a really important point too. Like knowing what you're feeling that day and it's okay to do different things. And if you wanted to touch on that point, I'd love to hear what you had to say on like expressing yourself outwardly and communicating with the world on how you present. Yeah, that's an awesome question. Um, so I definitely, you know, I was saying I, I present more masculine and normally I do. I have short hair and I wear typical, I'm doing air quotes, guys clothes, um, but every now and then, girlfriend, I will show up in a pair of heels and some makeup and just rock it out. Like, I am ready to go. And so, I don't know, for, for, for some people, people I've been friends with in the past, they'll be like, girl, you were wearing board shorts and a backwards hat yesterday. Now you're wearing high heels and, like, a dress. And, mm-hmm. and some people just are blown away. Some people love it. Some people are like, that's odd. But mm-hmm. whatever. But for me, it is. It's absolutely how I dress and talk and act. It's all me, but it's a variation in, of how I'm feeling that day. Like if I'm feeling more quote unquote feminine, you know, I'll, I'll rock something more feminine, but I can also just do more like gender neutral. It's literally just like, what am I feeling that day that I'm going to come to the mirror and say, yes, I look good. Not in a cocky way, just like a, I feel good in my skin. I feel confident and I'm ready to tackle this world. Um, and yeah, so I, I think especially... Definitely predominantly, I'm, I dress more masculine, like I said, but um, to your point of when we were in Rome, uh, it'd be just that. Like I'd, Some days I'd wear my, my button-up and my, my infamous purple tie that I absolutely love that was from some, <laughs> some wonderful Italian street vendor. Uh, it, I'm just getting passionate about it right now, getting excited, wishing I was back in Italy. But, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, and then other days, like I'd have my, my scarf and my uh, La Bella Figura, right? Like, like getting ready to be... Do, just take on the day in like the most feminine, most powerful boss lady way. Um, so yeah, I definitely switch it up. And that's something that I, I, I've seen some online. Um, I, I haven't seen it a ton in person. I would love to, but when I see it online, I like freak out like in the best way. Like I'm, I just, I will follow that person. I will comment. I'm like, you are awesome. When you see and like them dressing in different styles. Okay. Exactly. Like they'll, they'll, uh, they'll be dressed as like more masculine then then they'll flip it and do like more feminine and they are killing it on both looks like just and I mean whoever they are however they identify whatever they do okay whatever like they just they own it and they are confident and I and I hope that what I see in them I hope maybe others see in me I, I would love that I, I mean and if they don't that's okay too because I see it in myself but yeah when I when I, especially when I see people online um, that are bending the norms, I guess you could call it. 
I love it. And it, and it's just so interesting to see and to learn about and just, I don't know. It's, it's definitely something I, I, I love seeing and being a, being a part of. And it's another way to be vulnerable too, right? Like it's not fitting in exactly to that norm. Like, oh, well, yesterday I I dressed in a button up. So now I'm the button up person. Like I must only dress in button ups and like it's (laughs) being a little flexible and being like, no, I don't feel like that today. And people might not understand that, but I'm going to do it because that's how I'm feeling. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But but I think the reason that you don't see it online very often or in person very often is because it's so scary and it is so vulnerable, regardless of your sexual orientation or your gender, just dressing in a way that is different is scary and vulnerable. And so I'm just curious, were you, did you grow up with that sort of mentality or is that something you worked on or what advice would you give to someone who's listening to this? Like, wow, I wish I could be that fearless, but I know I'll never even do that. Cause that's a, it's, you have a unique attribute that a lot of people can't pull that off or they think they can't pull that off. So they don't even try, but they would love to. And we always look at that person like you and like the people you're talking about online with admiration. We're never looking at that person like, Oh my gosh, what is, what are they thinking wearing that outfit? It's wow. I wish I were brave enough to do that. So just where did you find that bravery? Is that something you're born with or how can people get there? Yeah. That these are awesome questions. I am. Okay. Let's see. So and this is to the point of we didn't think our conversation was going to go this way. I love it. Yeah, I love it. Um, so a couple things, I guess, to that point. So an easier said than done, right? But I, I think just go for it. And we were talking about that earlier. And some people were like, okay, yeah, sure, Lindsay, you've done it. Okay. But I mean, you, you literally just got to go for it and like do how you feel. I mean, if you, if you were more feminine and you want to be ev- feminine every day of the week, every day of the month, year for the next so till you pass away, awesome. If you want to be that way, but masculine, if you want to do both, whatever you want to do and whatever you feel comfortable in, you should absolutely tackle uh, and aspire to. So, uh, and I, you know, was I born with it? No, I guess I've, I've always been more of a confident person. So maybe I'm sure that plays in some, but you know, when I was up until I was 20, Two, so I'll be 30 on Friday. So I, up until I was about 22, um, I remember I was studying abroad in the UK. And I, until that point, had had long, very long, full, beautiful hair, um, dressed very feminine, wore like high heels to high school. And I was like the girly girl, still, you know, played sports and everything. But um, but yeah, and then I, I remember at first when I, when I kind of was coming into myself and like realizing, okay, maybe I maybe I am gay and obviously being gay doesn't necessarily equate to having to dress masculine, but it can. And for me, it did. Um, but I remember I, I bought my first pair of, uh, they weren't board shorts, but they were like O'Neal sports type shorts. They were checkered. They were awful looking back. I mean, it was like, (laughs) I'm like, what, what, what were you doing girl? Like, what were you doing? (laughs) But anyways, I was so proud of them. And I bought a, a backwards hat from Hurley. Like Sun was my bae. Like we went in there like crazy. Um, and yeah, I remember putting it on and I was like, wow, I look so weird. Like I look really weird. And, I thought you were going to say cool just now. That's interesting. Yeah, no, I, I absolutely, I was like, my hips are too wide. And like, I look weird and my, uh, my chest is really big and like, my hair looks weird with it all long. And I just like did not 
it, di- it didn't just like one day I put on guys clothes and it connected. Now I put on, you know, nice button up. I've got my hair shorter. I put on some, uh, some slacks and some loafers or, or whatever. And I'm like, okay, feeling this looking good. But also I, I think it's like anything like you, you know, you learn yourself and you learn how you like to dress and what looks good on you. So for me, I have definitively said that uh, O'Neill board shorts are not my thing, but for some they are. But um, yeah, absolutely. When I first started, thought I looked weird, out of place. I just, I kind of just kept going. Like, and and I, I would try and wear other outfits. And then I found out like, okay, actually for me, I feel more comfortable in like jeans versus shorts. Um, and I can wear them. I like, I like tight jeans. I wear women's jeans. I have worn men's men's jeans in the past um but it's it's like growing up right you find out what you like what you like to do for fun what you like to eat what you like to wear what you like to where you want to work you grow into yourself and I think that was something that was really big for me was uh growing into myself and giving myself the freedom to try and like yeah if I felt more feminine that day I was like all right girl let's do it and if I felt more masculine I was like all right girl let's do it like whatever it was, I just kind of had to own it. So it was, I guess, a long-winded answer. But for the listeners, um, I think I, I, and I do this when I'm writing and when I'm just living life. I try to think of it as like it's just me, and I'll explain that. Like obviously, there are millions of people, hundreds of billions of whatever millions of people in the world, um, but. Uh, I always try and think of like, okay, well, just think about me. Like, if I want to wear this and I think I look good, wear it. Like, why am I worrying about everybody else? Why does everybody else know me better than I know me? Like, literally, they don't because they're not in my head. They're not in my life. They haven't lived the experiences that I've experienced. So, yeah, when I write, when I write the blog, instead of thinking like, oh, what if this person doesn't like it? Or what if that person over there doesn't like it that I don't know? Well, they're not going to like it, period. Be- because of one reason or another, maybe, maybe it is because I'm a woman or maybe it is because I'm gay or maybe it's none of those reasons. Maybe they just don't like boss lady blogs. I don't know, (laughs) but, um, but yeah, so I, I think kind of the same thing could be applied to how you dress and that's do what, do what feels right for you. Because if you're uncomfortable, you're going to act uncomfortable and it's, it's a vicious, a vicious cycle. So like just own it, try it. And, and yeah, again, if you prefer being, um, dressing more feminine, more masculine, androgynous, both neither and, or, but whatever, uh, just, just do it and like own it. And, you know, I, I would encourage your listeners, you know, if, if there's somebody out there listening and this message resonates with them, like, absolutely send, send me an email or, and I, I know I'm just one person and, whatever, but I'm, I'm happy to be there for them. And I know, I feel like you all would also. And, um, yeah, absolutely. Get, get, get my information, send me a DM. Like I'll be there for you. I'll be your support and you know, we'll, we'll figure this out. So. Yeah. I love that. And I think it's so important to experiment and play around and see what works for you. So one final question, we always like to end each episode if there is one piece of advice that you would give to listeners to improve their communication or their life in general, what takeaway action step would that be? Hmm. 
I think, and this is one thing that I, I learned from my uh, the people that I've interviewed and that we spoke a little bit earlier, but if, if I had to leave with one solid thing, I'd say be courageous and go for it. And that kind of sums up everything we've talked about today, whether it's how you dress, whether it's who you are, whether it's what career you pursue, putting pen to paper, writing down your non-negotiables, just go for it. Like, and, and that's the hardest part. Like once you, once you make that leap and make that small step, um, you're, you're well on your way, right? You're going. And so it's just be courageous, go for it. And if, if you're like, oh, I can't do this because blah, blah, blah. I, <laughs> I call them the, uh, the gremlins. I don't know if you guys, you all are maybe familiar with those, like that, that little voice in the back of your head. That's like, Oh, you can't do it because you're, Oh yeah, we talk about this. Like you're you're not pretty mm-hmm. enough, or you're not smart enough, or you're not this or that or whatever. Like that little voice that you wish you could just shut up, shut it up. Tell tell it to go somewhere. And like <laughs> <laughs> and um yeah, just just go go for what you want. Like you have one life to live. It's your life. You are in the driver's seat. This is your journey. All the raw raw phrases I could say here, but ultimately yeah be courageous go for it and be cognizant of how you're communicating along the way so love it so awesome this conversation was so fun to have and yeah trisha go ahead you are just gonna say on that note where can our listeners find you and reach out to you if they have questions absolutely so uh website with all the blogs and articles is going to be the boss ladies blog.com so the boss ladies plural l-a-d-i-e-s blog.com the boss ladies blog.com um and then you can also find me on instagram as well as facebook uh and my handle is at the boss ladies blog on both facebook and instagram um you can also email me at lindsay spelled l-y-n-d-s-e-y at thebossladiesblog.com, lindsay at thebossladiesblog.com. And uh, yeah, definitely reach out. I, I mean, even just introduce yourself or uh, tell me what you thought of the episode. I'm, I'm very thankful I got to spend so much time with you, uh, Molly and Trisha, and this was, a, this was a great experience. Thank you. Thanks so much for being here. Thank you so much. All right, we will um, talk to everyone soon.